started looking at Isaac as a case study in divine enlargement uh, some weeks ago. As part of the continuation of the word that God gave to us for our anniversary. He said we are starting a new beginning of three things. Anybody remember the first one? A new beginning of what? A new beginning of consecration and no, consecration and holiness. A new beginning of consecration and holiness. That's number one. Number two is a new beginning of giving. A new beginning of giving. And then number three is a new beginning of what? Enlargement. Enlargement. And then we now started to look at a case study on enlargement. And we took Isaac. And the first thing we talked about Isaac, anybody remembers? Isaac was what? The first point Isaac was a protected child. That's last week. That's the second point. What was the first point? A child of promise. Isaac was a child of promise. That was the first point. The second point was Isaac was a protected child. And that's why we challenged our mothers last week. And said, protect that child. Protect the vision. Protect the future that God has for that child. That is our responsibility. When we're looking at the fact that Isaac was a child of promise, we went back to a, a, a lesson we, we, we learned sometime, maybe June last year, on the promises of God. And we looked at nine attributes of the promise. Very, very important. Because every one of us, we have promises that God has given unto us. Every one of us, we have, I mean, we are what we call children of promise. As Christians, we live on the promise of God on a daily basis. That's why last one writer said, standing on the promises of who? Of God. Through eternal ages, let his praises reign. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Doing what? Standing on the promises of God. As you stand on those promises, they will come to pass in your life today in Jesus' name. Those promises will be fulfilled in your life in Jesus' name. So we'll go to the third point on Isaac as a case study on divine enlargement. And that is the fact that Isaac was a spiritual man. Isaac was what? Isaac was a spiritual man. Right from his, I mean, his childhood. Even when maybe he didn't even understand what he was doing. He was a spiritual man. Otherwise, the day his father was going to sacrifice him in Genesis chapter 22, the man would have fought with his devil. There's no way his father's strength could have overtaken him. His father was very old. But yet he subjected himself. He was in obedience to his dad. He said, Where is it? We have, this is the goat. I mean, I said goat. This is the, uh, the firewood. This is the knife. This is the, uh, the, the fire. Where is the sacrifice? And the father said, God will provide. And they go to the mountain. And the father tied his hands, tied his legs, and laid him on the altar of sacrifice. And yet he was looking at his dad. Why? Because he knew that his dad was also a spiritual man. And that whatever his dad was doing was in line with what God has instructed him. He lives to tell the story. Isaac was a spiritual man. Genesis chapter 24, verses 62 and 63. Genesis 24, 62 to 63. I read. Genesis 24, 62 and 63. And Isaac came from the way of the world, the high royal. For he dwelt in the south country. 
Verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. The camels were coming. He was a spiritual man. He set time apart to meditate. Meditate at the evening time in the field. He went far away from the noise and the confusion and the distractions that were around him. He went to be alone, alone with God for his meditation. What does it mean to meditate? We've heard that word often and often and often. There are things that are positive, there are things that are negative when we start talking about meditation. But we're talking about meditation today as children of God. Children of God. When you look at the dictionary, what does it mean to meditate? The dictionary says it means to think deeply or carefully about something. To think how? Deeply or carefully. No wonder in the place of meditation, there's revelation. There is what? There's revelation. It's not just reading the Bible through flippantly as I have read 20 chapters today. It is thinking deep on what you have read. Trying to understand. Opening your heart to the Spirit of God to receive more insight on that which has been read. And this is very important. That's why I remember in our, Bible, in our Sunday school today, our teacher was telling us, you cannot just say, I've read the Bible Genesis to Revelation and I've finished. That's it. Like one of our elders in RCCG, he said the first day he preached, he felt he had preached every sermon in the Bible. There was nothing else to preach. But up to today, he's still preaching because he's still alive. There is always a new revelation of the world. But that revelation will not come if you don't go in-depth into the world. And that's very important. So to meditate means to think deeply or carefully about something. And the something we are interested in today is what? It's the word of God. We're going, to be, we're going to be actually talking about three things we can meditate upon. Another definition from the, from the traditional says to meditate means to think deeply. To think how? Deeply. Or focus one's mind for a period of time. Think deeply. Focus one's mind for a period of time. In silence or with the aid of chanting, I will come back to that, for religious or spiritual purposes. Think deeply, focus one's mind for a period of time, in silence or with the aid of chanting, for religious or spiritual purposes. Meditate. And the last definition I have from the scripture, I mean, from the dictionary is, meditate means to plan mentally. To do what? Plan mentally. To plan mentally or to consider is very important. Now, if these are the things we talk of meditation, or when we, we, we mean by to meditate, there are so many things that are, are different types of meditation. I'm not going into that because I'm only interested in what the Lord wants us to meditate upon, which is key. What are we meditating upon? And I said there are three things. Number one, meditate on the word of God. Meditate on what? The word of God. The word of God. This is very important. Meditate on the word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is a passage we all know very well. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. Shall not depart from where? Shall not depart from where? 
Now, this is key. Why am I emphasizing that? Because when I was talking about the definition of meditation, I said it's, it could, it's to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting. In other words, the spoken word always at your mouth will aid you in meditating upon the word. Speaking the word. Oh, maybe your own very simple uh, phrase you want, to, uh, you want to highlight is, Jesus is Lord. If you constantly say Jesus is Lord, you are going to experience a calmness and ease. What the man of God called the anointing of ease. That will propel you forward to the achievement of your, of your, of your goals. If you constantly affirm the word of God that says, Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's, and what? And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. What does that mean? I belong to God. Everyone around me belongs to God. The earth belongs to God. What does that mean? Whatever God does not give me, I cannot get. Is that not so? What does it mean? Whatever God gives me, can anybody take away from me? Nobody. What does it mean? Let not your heart be troubled. Never let it be what? Disturbed. Why? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. It means whatever you desire, when you go to the owner of the earth and the fullness thereof, he can make it available unto you. So that time you are troubled, that time that you are confused, that time it looks as if the world will come to an end. And I'm sure many of us have had this feeling many times. And yet the world has not ended. If only you can go to the word of God, find a Bible passage that is relevant to your situation and continue to speak it out. That's what the Lord was telling Joshua. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. When you speak it, it's easier for you to think about it. To concentrate on it. That thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. What you meditate upon, brethren, determines what you do. What you meditate, meditate upon does what? Determines what you do. You can even step it a step forward and say, determines who you become. What you meditate upon determines who you become. Your meditation on the law and the word of God will enable you to observe and do that which is written in the law. So your meditation on the word of God creates an avenue for you to be obedient to doing that word. Remember, brethren, the definition of blessings. What is the definition of blessing? It is God commanding every force in heaven and on earth to work towards your success. To ensure that as you continue this journey, whatever you lay your hands up upon, the host of heaven has allowed for you. The host, of, I mean, in heaven, on earth, on earth, everyone ensures that you are going to succeed. And I pray for someone here, you will succeed in Jesus' name. I said you will succeed in Jesus' name. So your meditation on the law and the word of God will enable you, excuse me, to observe and do or obey the law. And of course we know, when we are talking about the law, we are talking about the word of God. The word of God. 
When we go to Psalm 19, Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11. The Bible says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You know, when we were in our Sunday school this morning, when we said we shouldn't make assumptions, talking about integrity, and the example that was, I mean, the Bible passage that was given to us was Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When God came to Abraham and said, I am the Lord Almighty, walk before me and be thou word, be thou perfect. If you are guided by the word of God, you will be perfect. You will live a perfect life. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You can live a perfect life, brethren. You can live a life that pleases the Lord. You can live a life for which heaven and earth are rejoicing. If your life, the life you live is rooted in the word of God that is word that is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making words simple. Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. There's joy in the world. There is joy in the world. At times you are confused. You are discouraged. You are wondering why are things going the way they are going? And God just gives you a word. A word that gives you peace. A word that gives you joy. A word that makes you to understand that it shall come out well. That the end shall be glorious. That no matter how it seems now, there's glory ahead. And I want to tell someone today, there's glory ahead. You will, you will, you will have a glorious experience of that glory in the name of Jesus. The joy of the Lord will be your strength in Jesus' name. Verse 9 says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It's very important. The law is the word of God. We all know Psalm 119 verse 89. Psalm 119 verse 89. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is settled in heaven. When you go to verse 11 of that same passage, the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin against thee. The word will keep you from sin. When you meditate upon it, when you come across something that is iniquity, you will know immediately. The enemy will not be able to cheat you. Because your life is centered on meditating upon the word. And of course, in the passage that we read, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, we realize that meditating upon the word Having it in our hearts, letting the word guide us is the pathway to prosperity and good success. You will prosper in Jesus' name. I said you will prosper in Jesus' name. Your success will be good. You know, there are some success, they call them success, but it's not success. It's temporal, it's deceitful, it's destructive. That is not your portion in Jesus' name. Your success will be good, your success will be permanent in the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. What are, we, are talking, we are talking about meditating on the word. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think 
on these things. Think on these things. Very important. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. That God shall be with you in Jesus' name. What are the things that you think about? The things that are just. The things that are pure. That means whatever is unjust should not be in your thought pattern. That means whatever is impure should not be in your thought pattern. Whatever things are lovely, that means things that are not lovely should not be in your thought pattern. Whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, those are the things we should be thinking of. Whatever is contrary to this should be alien to us as children of God. That is our meditation. That is our, medit our meditation. Brethren, right meditation leads to right doing. What did I just say? Right meditation leads to right doing. If you meditate aright, you will do what is right. If you meditate on the wrong things, it's a step to going astray. You will not go astray in Jesus' name. Amen. How often should you meditate on the word of God? The Bible makes it very clear. Day and night. Day and night. In Psalm chapter 1 verse 2. Psalm chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. Day and night. When you meditate day and night, and there's an attack on you in your dream, because you live a life of meditating on the word day and night, the right word, that you can use to fight the attacker will swell up within you. Rather than you running away from that masquerade, you'll be able to face the masquerade and fight that masquerade in the name of Jesus. Because I can assure you, that masquerade after you in your dream, if only at that point in time you can, you can declare the name of Jesus, the masquerade will run. You'll be the one chasing it. But when we don't meditate on the word day and night, the masquerade shows up and what happens? We begin to run in the dream. While we are running, we wake up, panting. We must meditate upon the word. The word of God must be your friend. Psalm 63 verse 6. Psalm 63 verse 6. It says, when I remember thee upon my bed, I meditate on thee in the night watches. In the night watches. When the Bible says, pray without ceasing. It's easy to pray without ceasing. If you meditate upon the word of God day and night. Because the word supplies the ammunition for prayer. The word supplies the guidance of prayer. The word gives you the direction to pray about. What do we meditate upon? We say number one, meditate upon what? The word. The word of God. Very important. Number two, meditate on his work. Meditate on what? On his walk. On his walk. On his walk. Every one of us. The Bible says we are the crown of his creation. We are his handwork. Meditate on his walk. It's very important. In Psalm 77 verse 2. The psalmist said, I will meditate also of all thy work. And talk of thy doings. When God created this earth, he created a beautiful place for man to dwell in. Experimentation. 
has brought us to where we are today. We say there is global, global what? Global warming. And yet the winters are getting cooler. There is global cooling. The, the, the summers are getting hotter. Nothing seems to make sense again. Because of the interference of man with the work of God. I will meditate of all thy work. All thy work. Very important. It's very important. The psalmist in Psalm 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. If you can just go out and say, oh, how wonderful is the, is the work of God. Look at the sky. Look at the trees. How, could, how did these trees survive winter? No leaf, nothing. And now look, unless you are told that in winter this were not non-existent, you will not believe. How come some plants will survive winter, some will not? How come many of us that were born in the heat of the tropics are living successfully in this environment? When at times it gets so cold that nobody wants to go out. God has created us and enabled us to adapt. Meditate on the work of God. Now look at Psalm 19 verses 1 to 5. Psalm 19 verses 1 to 5. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show his handwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Verse 5. Which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. It's, it's not that the, these creations of God are speaking the language that you and I understand. But they speak a language that God understands. But they communicate... Nature communicates. Put a seed in your pocket. So long as there's no moisture in your pocket, the seed will remain there. Put the seed in water. The seed begins to germinate. Put the seed in the soil. The seed begins to grow. Nature communicates. Okay, now I'm in my own environment where I can do what? I can grow. Put fish in water. It will swim and rejoice. Take the fish and put it on land. What happens? It continues to jump, trying to see if perchance, when it jumps once, it will do what? It will land in water. Not knowing that uh, one wicked man or wicked woman has taken the fish and put it on land where there is no water around. The fish cannot survive. Nature communicates. Meditate on the work of God. Meditate on the work of God. In Psalm 143 verse 5, the Bible says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. The Bible says, you and I, we are what? We are, we are wonderful creations of God. Is that not so? Psalm 139. Meditate on the work of God. For thou hast possessed my race. From Psalm 139 verse 13. Thou hast possessed my reign. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Marvelous are his works, and that includes you and I. 
We are marvelous. We are marvelously created. We are wonderfully created. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Your, your making, the day you were conceived, the nine months or eight months or five months, whatever the case may be, you spent in the womb, was not behind God. He knew it. Like we were discussing this morning, you talk to a child in the womb, what happens? The child listens. It's not because of your wisdom. It's because of the God that has created us all. It's very important. Meditate on the work of God. Meditate on the work of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, from verse 11 to verse 15, we see Paul talking to Timothy, giving some instructions unto him. He said, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Very important. Verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Then look at verse 15. After giving the instructions above, he says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. In other words, your meditation will make you profitable. So that meditation will not just profit you, it will profit others. That meditation will make you useful, not just to yourself, but unto others. I pray for someone, you will not be useless. Amen. I say you will not be useless. God will find in you a tool he can use for his glory in the name of Jesus. That thy profiting may appear unto all. Meditate on instructions given in the world. So I said there are three things I'm talking about that we're going to meditate upon, right? Number one was meditation on what? Number two? Is, and number three, meditate on God himself. Meditate on who? God himself. We've read Psalm 63, verse 6 earlier on. It says, when I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches. I meditate on my God in the night watches. When you meditate on God, he reveals himself unto you. When God fills your thought, when God fills your life, it's like the story we hear about, about Enoch, right? That they normally teach us in our, in our children's church. That Enoch was talking with God. And they were having a discussion. And at a point, Enoch thought, ah, God, let me go back. And God said, oh, I'm enjoying this conversation. Let's continue. And they continued. And they got to a point that it was God that now said, ah, Enoch, you've gone too far. There's no way for you to go back. You've seen what ordinary eyes cannot see. That's why the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. And what happened? He was not. For God took him. They continue to walk. They continue to talk. They continue to walk. They continue to... And then they got to a point that God said, well, my friend, you are not going back. I'm enjoying this conversation. Meditate on God. 
that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a word that you cannot exhaust. Is that not so? Meditate on God. When you say God is a Jehovah Jireh, is a God that gives, you can't exhaust that meditation. God is a Jehovah Rapha. You start thinking about it. That is why. One of the things that is said for, uh, if you are sick, get, uh, what do they call it? Bible passages. In a recorded uh, uh, fashion. There are some people that have recorded Bible passages on healing. It's there on the internet. Just put it and be playing it. Just be playing it to yourself. It's building up your faith. It's building up your immunity. It's getting rid of whatever is in you that is contrary to the word of God. Meditating on And as you continue to listen and listen and listen to those words on healing. Oh, an impact is being made upon your life. You begin to think about this God who can do and undo. God who can transform. God who can change things. We call him what? The unchangeable changer. Meditate on God. That is inexhaustible. All my GM have made cars, Chrysler have made cars and all those things. But you know with all their mechanical uh, expertise, if God says that car will not move, will it move? And there's nothing wrong with the car. Now, when God said the car should move, it should move. There are human efforts, and they are wonderful. But when God comes in, he changes situation. Uh, Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. Psalm 8, verses 1 to 6. We're not going to read it. But the psalmist said, O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Verse 3 says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the star which you have ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visited him. He has created you. He is mindful of you. He thinks of you. He visits you. But what does he want you to do? Meditate on who he is. Because he has proposed that enlargement is your portion. You will be enlarged in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will be enlarged in Jesus' name. Because Isaac was a spiritual man. I mentioned three things that we meditate upon. Meditate upon the word, meditate on the work, and meditate on God himself. Because Isaac was a spiritual man, he didn't fight for himself. Read the scriptures. He didn't fight his father when his father was going to sacrifice him. When the Philistines kept chasing him from one place to the other, Genesis 26, verse 18 to 22, he would dig a well. They would say, that one is our own. They, they were striving with him. Isaac would not fight. He would just move to the next place. Because he was a spiritual man. He realized that if God does not fight for you, you cannot win the battle. Do you realize that? You can only win the battle that God is fighting with you on or fighting for you on. It's very important. When you go to Genesis 25, verse 29 to 34, as I round up, Jacob was spiritual, but Esau was vain. Because Esau was not spiritual, Food was more important to him than his birthright. And the Bible records it in that Genesis 25, verse 34. It says, Thus Esau despised his birthright. But do you know he sought it back? He sought it back. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 to 17, I'm going to read that round up. Esau sought to get it back, but it was too late. It should not be too late for you in Jesus' name. He said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Verse 16. 
Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. So Esau was a profane person who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Verse 17. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. You will not be rejected in Jesus' name. I said you will not be rejected in Jesus' name. The Bible says he found no place of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears, he should have carefully planned and realized that hunger cannot kill. Hunger cannot kill. The same profanity that Esau had is what makes many of us not to fast when we ought to be fasting. When it's time to be fasting, you are so much interested in food. And many will tell you, ah, you don't want me to eat for money tonight. You want to kill me? Nobody ever dies from, I mean, by not eating breakfast and lunch. God didn't create a faulty, uh, uh, I mean, faulty human beings. We were created perfect. When you fast, you meditate upon him, meditate on his work, meditate on his word. You are drawn closer to him. Profanity is driven away from you and divine fulfillment is released into your life. I pray for someone today, you'll be divinely fulfilled in Jesus' name. Isaac was a spiritual man and that established him for his divine